G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. G'day and welcome to today's 2020 podcast for Tuesday the 11th of December. I'm Matt Gies and I just want to quickly remind you that of course you can hear the full 2020 program every weekday on the Vision Radio Network in the Eastern Daylight States from 11am, in South Australia from 10.30 and the Northern Territory from 9.30. On today's podcast we're looking at chaplaincy and chaplains serve in a variety of areas like schools, the military, and hospitals, of course, just to name a few. But there's one area that is rarely thought of as a field for chaplaincy, and that's the racing industry. Horse racetrack chaplains offer racetracks and licensed persons a holistic program of service to all people employed in the industry, but especially to those who work in the stable area. This chaplaincy program includes helping meet the spiritual needs and social support of all racetrack employees in a non-judgmental way. Reverend Colin Watt is currently one of the chaplains with Australian Racing Christian Chaplaincy, and he joined us on today's program, and I asked him to start by explaining exactly who is the Australian Racing Christian Chaplaincy. Well, it's a small charity group that basically exists to get chaplains onto racetracks. It's started by guy Paul Bayless, who um, over 15 years ago, he, he heard about a local trainer near the race, race course and heard about a local trainer whose son had died and uh, went down and met them and uh, did the funeral and uh, kept a relationship up with that family and uh, kept going back to the racetrack and uh, talking with people as he went. And out of that, he um, met others involved. There was a Catholic chaplain that he came across. Two of them got together and formed uh, an inter- a non-denominational group uh, called ARCC, Australian Racing Christian Chaplaincy. That's been going for well, since 1996. I got on board about five years ago as a committee member Every time uh, Paul found someone who had an interest in horses, he'd uh, invite them to be part of the committee. And then uh, more recently, had some funding to put on a paid chaplain, and uh, I then took on that role. It's quite interesting, too, when you think about it. Yeah, the horse racing industry in general, although it is very broad, it's not generally one that people tend to think of as having involvement from a, a Christian perspective, let alone a chaplaincy angle. Yes. Uh, when you tell people in a church gathering, for example, that you're chapter of the racetrack they usually raise their eyebrows and it's it's uh, sometimes negatively but more often just think oh i never even considered that it's it's strange to people until they think about it and then say oh yeah it sounds like a good idea uh, but it's not what they would have expected uh at the racetrack sometimes you get that too i remember a guy saying to me we won't find many people who come to church here and said that's all right i'll just bring church to them and uh, that's a sort of i suppose the aim of what we're trying to do. And what sort of reactions do you get from the, the different people involved in, in the horse industry? From Obviously, you're going to come across people who are involved in racing, in, in betting, but also, obviously, people with a love for animals who, who are there working as strappers and trainers. Yes, you come across, uh, well, full range, really. It's a very, very broad range of people. Most of them do have a love for horses. 
uh, and that's sort of why they're involved. In general, the response to me is, is, is positive. They um, appreciate you being there and appreciate the help that you might do for them or for others. And generally, I've had very little uh, negative response from people within the industry itself. There are a few, but uh, that's very minor. Uh, in general, we have good re uh, reception from those who are the officials who run the sport. Uh, I've been very supportive. And on the ground and just talking to people, uh, generally positive response again. Sometimes people will say, oh, I'm not interested in that God stuff right up front, but uh, it doesn't stop them respecting you as a person or appreciating what you do. Uh, usually not anti what you're doing, it's just when you're right up front, I don't believe it. <laughs> and uh, you just um, take that and work with it. I suppose there's no different to a lot of other areas of chaplaincy. You, you get that sort of reaction whether you be working in a hospital, in the military or in schools. Exactly, yes. Sometimes people have a really, perhaps a negative view of people in the racing industry, maybe through the media or whatever, and they hear about gambling and they hear maybe about some corruption issues that have been in the papers recently. And, but people, in the, racing people are pretty much just general people and nothing particularly special about them uh, and uh, no more ungodly than anyone else or, or whatever. Uh, generally, I'm quite nice people most of the time that I've found. Colin, what sort of things do a racing chaplain do? What sort of things do you do on, a, a, I guess, a day-to-day -day basis throughout the racing industry where you are? Yeah, well, the essence of any chaplaincy is to be a presence. So that involves being a presence on the racetracks uh, and throughout the industry. Practically, it means getting up early in the morning sometimes and going out to track work so you get to be known there. Uh, that might start at 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. Then also there's race meetings uh, throughout the week and uh, other events that might be on. Racing is very much a 24-7 sort of uh, occupation. By and large, there's a race meeting on every day except Christmas Day and Good Friday, so it's always on the go. It doesn't really have a downtime. Uh, people are always busy. With your experiences, uh, what sort of things have you actually done? Uh, obviously, you said, you know, being there as a presence, uh, I guess being known as the, the God guy uh, would be mm -hmm. a part of it. Yes, yeah. Again, you come into a work situation, so you need to be uh, careful of, of not taking up people's time when they're busy. Uh, try and look for downtime, uh, maybe when uh, people aren't quite as busy at other times, uh, maybe at the kiosk when they're having a cup of tea or something. Uh, just look to opportunities to chat with people. Uh, often that's just casual chat. Uh, often that then leads to maybe more personal things. Occasionally get to talk about faith, and uh, it depends on what's going on in their life, perhaps of where those conversations lead. But basically trying to meet people and, and talk to them and then just see where it goes from there. Whereabouts are you based, Colin? What sort of area do you look after in your own ministry? I'm uh, based at Kensington, which is near Randwick Racecourse, and from there I go to the other Sydney tracks, which are Warwick Farm and Rose Hill and uh, Canterbury. And then more widely afield, I'll go to the, what's called the provincial tracks, which is the next layer out uh, from Newcastle, down to Kembla Grange, uh, out to Hawkesbury, which is near Richmond, and uh, Wyong and Gosford. So they're the main tracks that I, I regularly attend. The main focus is the Sydney tracks, of course, but I try and get to the provincial tracks as often as I can as well. Colin, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Though. How did you first come to be involved? You said you uh, were asked to be a committee member initially before becoming a full-time chaplain. I've grown up in the horse racing industry, in the harness racing, and my father was a horse trainer, and so was his father, and my brother's still doing it. So I've been going to horse race meetings as long as I can remember. So for me, it's a fairly natural environment to be in. But I also, with my uh, father particularly, 
I could never get him to come to any church functions because it was always a case of, oh, no, church people can't accept me, I'm in racing. That was his experience of the church, that they wanted nothing to do with him because he was in horse racing. No matter how I tried, I couldn't really break through that barrier. But over time, and uh, he, got, he did get involved in the church, and um, he um, was telling me one day of all the things they were doing, he was doing and they were doing for him, and um, they really cared for him. And, uh, and he was just said, you know, I wouldn't have thought church people could care for me. Oh, I must say I was nearly in tears that day, and then uh, the next day I got a phone call from a from this Paul Bayless I mentioned earlier and he said I hear your father's a horse trainer would you like to be part of our committee and I thought uh, yes that's what I want to do I want to be able to say to racing people that God cares for you and the church cares for you Tell us a little bit about yourself personally Colin uh, when did you first uh, understand that God was calling you into Christian ministry? Uh, well, actually it was a Bible college that I uh, felt God was calling me to um, to go into full time ministry I originally went there to do one year and back into computers which I was uh, working in at the time but I felt that God was calling me in the full-time ministry uh, while I was studying at Theological College, which was a Moore College in Sydney. And um, so I changed track and applied to be a, a, uh, what they call a candidate, and I got ordained as a full-time minister. And that was about 20 years ago that I um, finished college. And your faith journey, you said that uh, your father was one who who never really uh, spent much time with the church. Uh, How did you, Mm -hmm. I guess, come across the Christian faith, and how did that change your life? Uh, well, my parents always sent us to Sunday school around the corner, and uh, I guess through many years uh, with people in that church uh, ministering to me over, over a long time, since I was five, um, and then through the youth group and so on, I developed a greater understanding of the gospel, and through most of the people in that church, the youth leaders and so on, uh, I came to be a Christian uh, through that, and uh, I, I kept in that church and, and grew within it, and, and then from there felt that God was calling me into something bigger, so I went into, into, into Bible college. Wow. Now, uh, you said it's been a little while since you've been involved in uh, the Christian ministry within the racing industry as, as a chaplain and, uh, as you said previously, as a committee member. What are some of the ways that you've seen, uh, the, I guess, the role of a chaplain impact your, I guess, your passion, your passion for racing and your passion for horses? How has the, that impact been noticed? Well, I guess... For me, being there is important, uh, as in being a presence with people. Uh, even that, I think, keeps God on the agenda. Uh, I've noticed oh, sometimes people will change their language around me, for example. They don't used to do that for women, but they don't seem to worry about that anymore, but they'll still do it for a minister. I think just being there keeps that on the agenda. Uh, other times I've had been able to sort of be involved in people's lives uh, in, in much more deeper ways. Uh, people going through uh, family issues and so on, and uh, people have lost people. Um, and just being uh, over time, getting to know them, and uh, and then getting to trust me, and uh, opening up and, and sharing their lives, and then then ultimately share faith with them. So it's sort of very much a one-on-one sort of of thing. Uh, but I think just even being around uh, has its own impact. And what about from a church perspective? Uh, when you talk to people, you, you've said sometimes when you talk to people and explain that you're a racing industry chaplain, you get a few raised eyebrows and that. What ways has that changed? Was As people have seen what you've done and uh, I guess from your own particular uh, denominational perspective or your own particular understanding of uh, where your church people are, how have they seen the changes in the world from your perspective? I suppose uh, some of the raised eyebrows, as I said, may have been negative and people thought, well, what's they've had a negative impact in view of, um, of the industry. I guess I've been able to try and uh, change some of those uh, misconceptions uh, just by talking to people and uh, uh, about what is involved. 
Uh, often, though, people, are, once they think about it, uh, realise it's a, a great idea to be reaching out in this sort of way. I think the racing industry is an industry that the church has largely uh, ignored or perhaps even rejected, and so it's um, good to be sort of turning some of those ideas around and as people think about it, they say, hey, yeah, that's a good idea. We should be uh, involved with people in that sort of field. And you're still, as a minister, obviously doing things like weddings and baptisms, funerals, and uh, I guess at time to time, uh, would you have the opportunity to do preaching and, and taking worship services as your role as a racing industry chaplain? To the people in the industry, occasionally done some, uh, I did a wedding recently, and, uh, and, and obviously funerals and such, uh, some baptisms uh, for people within the industry itself. Uh, there's not a lot of opportunities to preaching directly to people in the industry. I started preaching in church, of course. Um, but uh, there are occasional opp- opportunities for that in a much more public way. Uh, we have a, well, the, our Catholic chaplain organises a racing mass each year, which quite a lot of people from the industry turn up to, and I get to speak at that. So I usually uh, do a small uh, few-minute sermon on, in that, within that context, uh, encouraging people to, to see where they are with God and to appreciate God's love for them. Uh, so that, and then there's a once a year there's a service we pray for the people the jockeys who uh, in the, and their safety and so on and uh, we, that's in a public way on the racetrack at a race meeting you know, there's thousands of people around uh, but we take a, a couple of minutes out to um, to lead in, people in prayer and uh, and a minute silence uh, as we remember jockeys who've been lost and um, pray for safety so there are a few public opportunities like that but mostly it's it's one on one. Uh, I've also had an opportunity to gather with a few people from the racetrack for like a Bible study and, and that sort of thing. So there's small group opportunities but and a very few large group opportunities, uh, but mostly it's one-on-one. And you find that uh, people who are already of the Christian faith working within this industry find it a, a great help to have someone like yourself, a, a chaplain that they can talk to and, and can uh, find someone, I guess, uh, of a, a similar understanding to say, hey, you're not alone in this uh, there's ways that we can help you continue to develop your own Christian faith. Uh, yes, I, that's been certainly expressed to me by people I've come across to have they found it useful to, to them personally to have a chaplain involved in the industry that's helped their own faith uh, or their own uh, witness even uh, to others. Uh, so there's been a ministry to Christians uh, who are there who haven't come across massive loads of them, um, but the ones who are there, it's been able to encourage and they encourage me likewise. Well, it's fascinating finding out more about uh, a racing chaplain. It's fascinating to be able to hear more about your work and know that there is somebody there impacting the world for God in this uh, particular industry. Yes, uh, thanks for that, Matt. I think we'll leave it there, Colin. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.